Welcome to the Athletes Mindset Academy podcast, where we help gymnastics coaches and parents develop happy, healthy athletes who know how to win. Let's get started. Right. Hey guys, welcome to our podcast today. It is Coach Allie with Coach Amy. And we gave you a heads up last week that we are going to be talking about a little bit of sensitive information today. So we're going to be talking about Allie's situation with Dr. Nassar. So if you are somebody who's um, had experience with that, somebody who has a sensitivity to essentially abuse, we want you just to be aware we are going to be going through some of those stories that Allie experienced and some of the things that she was able to um, uh, learn about from the tools that we're using, how she was able to grow through and change the stories of her past and move forward because of the things that happened and because of the coaching that she was able to receive. So just heads up. That's what we're going to be doing today. And we gave you a heads up last week, but we want to remind you, um, we are so excited to have you guys on here. So always thank you for listening. And if you like the things that you're learning, if you find them useful, please share this podcast with other people. We're finding that there's more and more um, athletes and coaches and parents who are just feeling stuck. They feel like they don't know what to do. They don't. A lot of the things that we're finding is a lot of athletes are now sophomores and juniors and seniors wondering if all of this is worth it. So please share these tools with them. Whether you share the podcast or the tools you're learning, please share with them. Share with those friends who you just don't know who's out there needing it. But mostly, I, I would just assume 99% of us need these tools. So with that being said, we're going to dive in with Coach Allie, and I am so thrilled. Um, I know Allie probably thinks that a lot of people have heard her story. She shared it a few times this last year, but I'm just going to go ahead and invite Allie to share everything essentially again as she goes through the tools. We want to, we want to kind of piggyback off of last week, learning how to separate your circumstances, learning how to separate your thoughts, learning how to look at the stories that you attach to those circumstances and see what's happening. But I really want, Ali, I'm going to just invite you to just open up about the story, whether you guys have heard the story or not, learning a story, seeing it from different perspectives, understanding Ali's journey through how she changed her stories of the past and what it brought her to today um, is empowering. And so we want to hear it as if we've never heard it. Okay, Coach Allie. <laughs> okay, and um, I'll bring Coach Amy in as soon as, so Amy is the person who coached me through um, all of the, my story changes basically. And so I'm gonna just start off from the beginning and then I'll probably start pulling Coach Amy in once uh, she was coaching me because I know that she had a different experience of like hearing my story rather than being a part of it. So it's really interesting, I think, to hear from both sides. Um, but first I was 15 years old, I believe in that age range, a gymnast in the state of Michigan. And so Larry Nassar worked at Michigan State University. And so pretty much every gymnast in that area, if you had some sort of injury, that's where you went. Like, that's just how it was. Like you had back pain, shoulder problems, whatever it was, you went to him. I had shoulder problems first when I was younger and I went to him and he helped hook me up with physical therapy. Um, and then I was having back pain during my level nine regional meet actually, and or 10, I don't even remember, but either way, competing back pain, he was at regionals because he went to all of the Michigan state and regional meets in that area. And he recommended that I came in and got some, you know, help from him in his office. 
And so I ended up going and seeing him in his office. I just went in there one time. I received treatment and went home and I was like, oh, that was like a little weird. Like, let's go find a girl doctor to help me with this. But that was about it. Like my thought was he was a doctor. He was helping me through my back pain. He knows what he's doing. So let's keep moving forward. So anyways, we're going to fast forward. That was my story for years and years and years, right? And then stuff started coming out about um, Nassar's abuse. And it started, I think, pretty strongly with some of the extreme stuff with like Michaela Maroney and some of the those big stories coming out. That's when I first started hearing about it. And I was, and my first thought was kind of like, no way. Like I received treatment, like they're like, no way, what is happening? And I was mostly confused. And I, I don't want to say that I didn't believe them, but it was more of like a, I was distancing myself from it in that moment. And so I was kind of in this no way <laughs> type of uh, mindset. And as more and more girls came out, which thank you, everybody who was being so brave and telling their story, like literally I would have never gotten there without you. So more and more people were coming out and they were sharing their stories. And my thought then went to, that is so horrible that that happened to those girls. Good thing I just received a doctor's treatment, <laughs> right? Like I was still like distancing myself from it. And I was like, okay, these girls had this horrible experience. That was not me. And I feel so awful for them. And I hope that they get the you know justice that they deserve. And once again, more and more girls start coming out because, right, there are tons of people that are sharing their stories and that it's connecting with others and they're just feeling encouraged and brave. And um, finally, we had a meeting in the gym because there was a lot coming out and I was coaching college gymnastics at this point and our head coach um was like, we really need to sit down and have a conversation as a team about this because I know that there were girls affected by this. I know that there are girls that are affected by other types of abuse. Like this is just a conversation that we really need to have. And mm -hmm. so I was still in the mindset of it wasn't me. And um, we had this conversation and it was really amazing and just gave the girls the opportunity to ask questions, to open up and just like got advice of where to go if they did need to talk to somebody. So great conversation. I went home that night and read tons of stories um, about like different girls and like what they were actually saying about what their abuse was. Mm -hmm. And eventually I was like, oh my gosh, I like had this epiphany of like, this was me. You that my together just all came together. I was like, my story is no different from these other girls' stories. Like I was saying that it was different, but like my, like this was me and I was a part of this. And it was just, it was horrible. I'm not going to lie. That night was really awful. I called one of my best friends, my who's going to be my maid of honor. And, um, she was amazing. And she had, um, my actually, my fiance now came and stayed with me and, um, helped me that night. And the next day I told Casey our the head coach that had brought it up. And I was like, I know I've told you a million times that it wasn't me, <laughs> but it was, and I was just crying. I was like, it was me the whole time. And she was so great. So understanding. I mean, pretty sure she knew the whole time. <laughs> but it wasn't her place to be like, it was you, right? Mm -hmm. So she was just very open and receptive to that. And that was really 
the beginning of my story changing from I've received a doctor's treatment to I'm so sorry what happened to those girls, but that wasn't me to it. I am a part of this. I, I was a victim of abuse and this is what had happened. So that was that first process. Amy, I don't know if you want to chime in. I haven't gotten to Amy yet even. <laughs> well, I think that just having, um, sharing the story, helping people understand, like you said, the stories just that last week, the stories that we tell impact us emotionally. So what I'm curious about, I want to hear about the emotional experience you had through this journey along with the, the realizations that you were encountering and the um, opening up to realizing, no, this, this actually was me. You were going through a huge emotional roller coaster. And part of it is when we say in our company, when we say you're avoiding feeling something because you don't want to deal with it, it's like holding beach balls under the water. Eventually, the farther you push them down, like that wasn't me, that wasn't me, I'll pour them, I'm sorry that happened. Eventually, they're going to pop up. If there's something that is impacting you and you're pretending it doesn't, it's going to build up. And eventually, it built up to the point where you realized, are you kidding me? This actually is me. And it got huge. So I, I love to hear about the emotional part of this journey as well because we avoid emotions to not have to deal with the, with the stories that we're telling about those situations. So Ali, I'm just curious about a little bit of your emotional, what were you feeling when you were like, that's not me? Did you feel a little bit of resistance there? Um, honestly, at the time, no. Like at the time, I don't think I even realized that that's what I was doing. I, I mean, I was just protecting myself and that's what my brain was doing. And like, I didn't know that it was doing that. It was just like, a, I had so much like empathy and sympathy for these girls mm -hmm. that were going through that in that moment, mm -hmm. that my own personal emotions, I literally like just barricaded. And so I think it's interesting because looking back at it now, I know exactly what I was doing, mm -hmm. but in the moment, I would never have been like, oh yeah, I'm just avoiding this emotion. <laughs> like, it was like this whole thing that I felt out of control. Like it just felt like that was what was happening. And I wanna, then I'm going to feed in, I'm going to jump in for a second. Yeah, I want you yeah. to hear what she just said. Allie just said that she just kind of didn't feel, did you say not really anything? You felt sympathy for others. Cause you, that's just who you are. You get so yeah. excited and, and um, I want to say empathetic. And we think yeah. about that in different ways for others, but a, a lot of times high level competitive performance type people, we shut off emotions. And so we essentially don't feel anything. Yeah. So from there, when it, when kind of everything opened up, tell me about, tell us about that, that experience, that journey for you. So everything opened up that night that your fiance came over, that your best friend came over and you started talking to your coach, head coach, Casey, tell us about that from that moment. Cause I remember that's kind of soon after that's when you and I started chatting. Yeah. So that night, um, it was really heavy. I just, I just remember how heavy it being. Mm -hmm. And um, so I still didn't fully like open up to my experience of being basically just devastated mm -hmm. and hurt. I, I went to anger pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I still kind of avoided that, um, that feeling. I mean, I'd say initially I was like, oh my gosh, but I right away changed to this. I can't believe that I was so dumb that I like thought that it wasn't me. And I can't believe that I ever thought that I wasn't a part of this. And I'm so dumb for not knowing. And then it even went into like, I'm so dumb that I didn't know that happened. 
like you know what I mean like from so I still was like avoiding this like how I felt in the moment of just being like really truly just like devastated and like powerless Mm -hmm. and I avoided that by switching it to being angry at myself and at others for the for the actual situation so I had a quick moment of like oh my gosh this is me and I felt devastated and I didn't know what to do with that and turned it into anger pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And that happens easily when you, when you have some kind of annoyance and some kind of frustration, because anger is like a second level. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting how you got angry with yourself for not realizing it. So we start beating ourselves up for not being smarter, for not being more aware, for not understanding what's really going on. So we start kind of kicking ourselves and beating ourselves up. So I think that's interesting. Right. Which is crazy because like, obviously tons of people had no idea. Right. And like my story back then, I mean, if you remember what my story was then to my story that day was completely different. Of course, with that other story, I had no idea. And looking back at that now, of course, like I would know that, but in the moment it was just like this big thing that I had no idea what to do with. So yeah, I switched. Abusing yourself for being abused, which is super interesting. Yeah. Yes. And I, I took that to a pretty, I would say that's really what put me on my downward spiral Mm -hmm. because I was horrible to myself about it for being like one for pretending like it wasn't me. Like I thought I was dumb for that Two for thinking that I should, should have known Mm -hmm. like what was happening back then. And then three, the worst one actually was comparing my situation to others because all the trial was going on. This is like really when it came out was during the trial. So everyone's telling their stories. And if you remember mine, I really went into his office one time. Mm-hmm. And um, so I turned it into this. I can't, I'm not allowed to be as upset as these girls because my situation wasn't even as close to as bad as theirs. And it could have been so much worse. And all these other things were like, then I was being mean to myself for even being upset about it. Mm-hmm. So it like turned into this like big thing of like, I was just beating up on myself about all of it. And I wasn't allowing myself to one, be upset about it because I wasn't allowed to be because mine wasn't as bad. And two, like not being aware of something that how, how would I have known? And so it was crazy. It was a lot of hatred towards myself in that moment, which once again, this is me looking in a place where I know what's going on now. Then I had no idea. I just thought all this was happening to me. Mm-hmm. Like I, that was not what I, I didn't think I was telling a different story. I didn't think that I was like all that kind of stuff. I was just like, this has now become my reality mm-hmm. and it is awful. And I don't know how to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what did you do when you realized that this was becoming a problem for you and for your functioning? Cause I remember we, we talked at some point, but go ahead and tell us what did you do? Um, the very first thing I did was actually go to a counselor. I did do that first. And that was really helpful in a sense of like admitting and telling my story. Cause I was still kind of having a hard time with that. I hadn't really told my story other than like that I was a part of it, but like, I, I couldn't like say it out loud. Um, so that helped with that aspect of it. And then I really got to a point where I was either having a good day or a bad day. Mm -hmm. And I would wake up in the morning and I would be able to coach, work, do my thing, or I'd wake up in the morning and I literally did not want to get out of bed. I, I mean, it was just horrible. And so 
um, what happened was I actually showed up to work. Casey, who was my um, head coach, who like was my boss there. She was also my boss when it came to teaching. She ran one of the classes and I was one of the teachers on it. And so um, I showed up, I had had like a bad dream. Okay. And so I was like, I was at work and I was like bawling. And so I went up to her and I'm like, I'm having a really bad day. Um, I just wanted to let you know, like I'm working on pulling it together. And she was like, okay, like let's go in my office and talk. And she goes, so why don't you just go home? Like I'll cover for you. And I was like, no, this is not allowed to affect my daily life. This can't happen. I'm not going to let it. And I was just like so resistant. I was so mad again, once again, went to anger. (laughs) And so, um, that was really the day that she ended up suggesting that I go to Amy because she was in my office and she started, um, she does not have life coach school training, but she had learned some of the tools. And she's like, even with the most basic tools that I had learned from Amy, I was able to at least calm you down to, to teach that day. And that was the first time I was able to start my day bad and then finish it. Mm-hmm. That was the first time. And really what it came down to was we realized that once I had started crying, coming to work, I was so afraid of coming to work because I was afraid someone's going to ask me what was wrong. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't know what to do. And so we like came up with a whole game plan for that once we figured that out and like we're able to move forward. And we yeah, actually, it was a fine day. I mean, the first, it just got better as we went on because I knew that I could handle the situation is what happened. And then that day she was like, okay, Allie, you should probably reach out to coach Amy. (laughs) I knew she had worked with gymnasts. Um, she was working with our team. And so I was seeing all the things she was doing for like the gymnastics side of things, but I didn't realize in that moment, I guess that she also could help with some of the mental health uh, type things. And so that was when we started working together. And Amy, if you want to talk a little bit. <laughs> what so, was your experience? Yes, yes. This I just appreciate Allie. I love that Allie's willing to open up because I know that the idea that it only I was only there once like this isn't a big deal beating yourself over something that is um, shouldn't be a big deal in your head that doesn't mean that it's not a big deal. I love that you're willing to say, hey guys, I started comparing myself to others. I started beating myself up. One of the things I remember when you came to me first was um, you couldn't even hear somebody talk about like safe sports and mm-hmm. going to a camp and anything that had anything to do with um, abuse or safety because you didn't feel safe. And so you didn't know what to expect of yourself. You didn't know what to expect of the conversations that were going to come up. You didn't know how to respond to it. And all of this was um, in my mind from what, when I remember working with you and it's been a couple of years was almost half of it was just kind of, um, figured out for you. Once we started separating the thoughts from the stories, once we started separating the facts from the stories and being able to, uh, not the thoughts from the stories, sorry, the facts from the stories, being able to see what was actually something that we could all agree on and what was actually going on in your head and showing yourself that these are stories to protect you, but they're not protecting you in a way that feels good. And the stories that our brain comes up with, especially in survival survival mode, when we're feeling threatened, when we're feeling scared, when we're feeling afraid that something's gonna happen, somebody's gonna come up and ask me something and I'm just gonna start crying and I don't wanna do that. Somebody's gonna start talking, right? Somebody's yep. gonna start talking about a topic that I don't even know how it relates to my head, but all of a sudden I'm I'm stuck and I don't know what to do. I wanna run away and I wanna leave. And we we aren't aware of the triggers immediately 
that cause us to feel out of control. Um, I remember you talked about bad dreams and I remember you were talking about wanting to distance yourself and that you were afraid of going to some camps to coach for the summer um, away from that area even. Um, and so I, I really truly believe that one of my favorite tools that we use and I saw Impact Alley immediately is the very first tool we always teach is, hey, let's just get down what actually happened. And then let's just see all these different stories that you have going on with it and let's separate them. And one of the truths that most people believe like Allie is that Larry Nassar and that experience was causing her pain, was causing all the emotional um, trauma that was going on. So once we could say, hey, what if that wasn't true? And what if we just went to this fairy tale land where we just pretend that those feelings were separate from Larry? Those feelings were actually created by you. And let's see why your brain's thinking that's an important thing for you to hold on to. It was like a game changer. And it was so quick once you started separating things. How do you feel about that? What was your perspective on that? That's what I saw on my end. I felt as soon as I could just separate the fact from thought, you're right. And, and actually see the fact as neutral. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that was the biggest part. Like I separated them the first time and I was like, okay, cool. Like, (laughs) I get it. Like, that's a fact and that's a thought, whatever. But as soon as I could get to this point of like, that is completely neutral and then be able to see like how many different thoughts I had it and how it made me feel different ways. It was, that definitely was a game changer. And that was like, what, like week two? Yeah, so that's the thing that was beautiful. This is a huge experience for Allie. And her, her transition of relief, I would say, and being able to breathe again and be feeling comfortable and safe in situations was very quick once she started applying the tools and getting some um, like intimate help with it instead of just hearing the tools, actually having it apply to her. And I really think, Allie, that's, that what you said is exactly right, that once you were able to see Larry Nassar, Larry Nassar, that's his name. He's the human. He does things. He makes choices. Larry Nassar is this person in this place doing these things. And then we have Allie. We have Allie's story about those things. And I think the biggest mm, concern issue that most of us have is looking at facts as negative or positive because anything in your life doesn't make you happy. Anything in your life doesn't make you sad. We have the facts. And Allie, tell us some of the, how you separated some of those things. Tell us how you process some of these pieces for just separating. What were some Um, of I think honestly, the, the most powerful thing that helped me, it was just that he was a human man. Mm-hmm. Like just being able to say Larry Nassar is a human man. Mm-hmm. I, I can't disagree with it. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't give me like any emotional feelings from it. And being able to do that helped me so that like, if somebody else say his name <laughs> or I was in a situation where it came up just to be like, oh yeah, that's a human. That's like, it's just a human and it doesn't have to mean all the things that I was making it mean. And, um, it's, it's been a few years. So like that transitions a little bit blurry for me, but I remember it being like, all of a sudden I was like, Oh, Mm -hmm. like this is like, that's true. (laughs) And so that's a good point is once you can believe that those little neutral facts, if you are watching a documentary about facts, you don't have a lot of emotions. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's beautiful when you say he's a human and that's one of the pieces that you're like, you know what, I can believe that. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that I feel comfortable with anything that happened, but I can believe this one little piece that he's a human. Okay, period. Good. There's a neutral. 
that's not a positive, that's not a neg negative, and it pulls a different emotion into you. And it gives you a different experience of what's going on just for a brief moment. Then you start practicing that, but keep going. I'm listening. Well, I was just able to stay there for a while. I feel like that helped me be more open to the things that Amy was trying to coach me on because I could believe that he was a human without having like these, a bunch of negative thoughts and like assumptions and like feelings about him, which allowed me to end up being more open to some of the next steps of what she was going to say. Cause she asked me a lot of hard questions. Like, what are you benefiting from continuing to believe this story? That was a hard question because how, like, I had this fear, I had two fears. One, that I was going to be like, um, justifying what he did if I didn't feel horrible about it. That was one fear, which when I could allow myself to just believe that he was a human, it kind of allowed that to go away because I'm like, I can still just believe that he's a human and say that, you know, I don't approve of what he did. But it still feels better to just say that he's a human than he did all these horrible things and blah, 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 blah. So that kind of allowed me to like drop that false sense of fear there because I still don't agree with what he did, but I have way better emotional health towards it. And then um, my other fear, well, just opening up to there being a benefit was like really intimidating. And actually I remember this phone call because I was driving through tornadoes. And I remember this up. too. <laughs> uh, don't worry if you hear some noise, we're just driving through a tornado. <laughs> <laughs> like Literally there was tornado in front and back of us and we're like right in the gap. We're like, we're not gonna stop because we're just trying to shoot the gap. So anyways, we're driving through tornadoes and my now fiance is driving. And it was like, uh, I was on the phone with Amy, like, you know, doing my thing. And she was like, what is your benefit for continuing to tell the story? And really my benefit was my comfort from mm -hmm. my boyfriend at the time, but now my fiance. And that was like really hard to admit that that was the piece that I was looking for mm -hmm. from, I don't know. So there was a lot going on with that. And um, when you get asked what you benefit from keeping a bad story, mm -hmm. it's, it's, uh, takes you to a whole different place emotionally. That's yeah. Yeah. How does it serve you to keep any story? We all are served by our stories. Otherwise we would let go of them and try different stories, but they all serve us in some way. And it protects us in a way that makes us think that we're going to be able to keep going. But essentially a lot of the stories we tell keeps us from moving forward and progressing and enjoying life and living, not playing small, like living life again. So I love that that question is how does it serve you to yeah. see the story? So tell tell us about what happened. And it literally was, you guys, it was amazing because I remember Allie, like two weeks later, she's like, can we go on to my fear of spiders now? But it was so interesting because she was able to break through something that was very heavy, like she said at the beginning, very difficult, where it was impacting her ability to go outside and interact with people in just a normal fashion to not only stop abusing her because of this abuse story, not a, it wasn't a story, that was a fact. So those are the facts, but she stopped abusing herself because of those facts. Mm -hmm. And she was able to move forward and keep moving and go to camps and do other things. So tell us a little bit more about how you moved on from essentially session two that we had together. Yeah, from the neutral. <laughs> <laughs> 
it kind of actually the one thing that really sticks in my head still from that moment, like if I ever feel like I'm um, talking about it and I'm like having a hard time talking about it, I still like go to this thought, but it's his life must have been horrible Mm. for him to have done those things. So like, and that kind of just gave me some like empathy almost for him, which sounds weird. You're like, how can you empathize with somebody who did that? But it, that created a space for me to be, give myself that empathy. Mm-hmm. And so like, that was a game changer of switching from neutral to like truly being in a place where I can talk about it like this. Yeah. This yeah. would have never happened. <laughs> Well, and for you to be able to think, okay, so what would it be like if I did believe that he was just a human being and then go to the other side of curiosity, what would cause a human to act in this way? And what would it be like to kind of separate myself from, hey, this was his experience and I happen to be part of that, but that doesn't define me. And what would it be like to just kind of mess around with the compassion and curiosity and allow myself to be compassionate and curious about myself and what I want to do from this point? So I really love that you said, hey, I just go back to the neutral. When you start feeling like some things can still be heavy, go back to a neutral, go back to some facts. Facts always pull you back to neutral and you have to find reasons how those can be facts. Sometimes we want to say facts are negative, which is the hard stories. But when we can find a neutral space of, hey, I'm breathing right now. Oh, look, the sun's out right now. Oh, that was a human person. And I can continue to move forward. You know, those kind of things help us find some room, like you said, space to create a new story for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. And in that, I, I can't even like, it just feels like weight lifted off your shoulders when you're able to see it that way. Like when I was just able to see that when I thought that way and had like the compassion and saw how much nicer I was to myself, basically, I literally was just talking to someone. I'm like, you know, that golden rule where like treat others the way you want to be treated. I'm like, my golden rule is a lot of people already treat others really nice and we treat ourselves horribly. So like to treat yourself the way you treat everybody else or your best friend. And I could actually see that play out when I was able to move to that place. And in the the neutral place was an important step for me though, because jumping from where I was obviously to, this is so horrible and happened to me and all that stuff to jumping to where I am right now would have, it's, it's a huge jump. It's, and there's a process and, and I just want, and the process takes a different amount of time for everybody being able to get to that point of believing the neutral facts. I think though, is going to be like, that was at least my number one thing that allowed me to move to the next, the ladder, the next step. Yeah. Yeah. And as an athlete, those of you who are listening, who are athletes, you really should discover for yourself, the power of finding neutral space in a lot of things that you're doing, especially with traumatic events, like what Allie went through. Um, the neutral space is going to help you feel some sense of peace in order to be able to, what would I really want to um, emphasize is Allie didn't go from this was horrible to everything's fine. That's, that's just not the way we do things. We don't go to, I believe I can do this and we just do it. You know, kind of with athletes, we say, you know, I got this and we beat ourselves into believing something that maybe we don't fully believe, but going to a neutral space is a believable, a, a believable space for most of us. And so discover for yourselves, you guys, what Ali's saying, that I can believe that he's a human. Yeah, we got that. We can believe that. But when you try to believe I'm okay, it's, you know, everything's okay. 
he didn't do anything. I can, I can move forward. A lot of times we start getting ourselves stuck. So I just really, I want to emphasize the neutral space that Ali's talking about. When you come to separating your circumstances, find out what the circumstances are, write them down. What are the facts of your story? And maybe you need somebody to help you figure out what facts are. Cause sometimes we throw in adjectives and descriptions with our facts, right? Which allow them to continue to be negative. But once you can get to that space, it's a lot easier to move forward. So Ali, tell us, you, you were saying that you've even gotten to the point now where you found yourself just joking about it recently, the whole situation. <laughs> yeah, um, it was just a situation. My, I have a nephew now and he had on Michigan State socks. And I was like, I was talking to his mom. I was like, um, excuse me, what kind of socks does he have on? And she was like, Michigan State, I'll chill about it. And I was like, you know, they got in a lot of trouble. And she was like, oh, I didn't even think about that. And I was like, I was fine. <laughs> but it was just something so silly where it was just like, oh, I noticed and it came up and we joked about it. And like, I was able to have those thoughts like be more automatic. Like I don't have to try as hard because I actually believe them all now because you have to go through this process of where you're like working towards your new beliefs. Mm-hmm. And um, I just... It, that moment made me feel like, oh my gosh, I like, I believe this now. And I was in a place of where I, I truly have seen where my beliefs have changed. And all of you, I hope you see now, like my story, the, the facts of the story have not changed through this whole time. And look at that. Every single story I've told you, this emotional roller coaster it put me through when the facts actually never changed. It was one doctor's appointment. Nothing about that is different. And I went from like doctor's appointment to sorry for these other girls to, it was me to, I hate myself for not knowing all of this stuff to he's a human. And then back to his life must've been horrible for him to have done that. Like Mm -hmm. still nothing changed other than my story 20,000 different times. (laughs) So that is the most beautiful part about it is that like, you can say, we're not dismissing any, any facts. There's no facts that we want to say didn't happen. That's not true. That happened. And that's, that's a fact. And we're not going to diminish that fact, but what we are going to do is help you provide a way to move forward with your life and help you see something. Like you said, I truly believe that these, these stories I tell myself now open up the world again to me. I'm not afraid to talk about it. I'm not afraid to, to go into the gym and, and help other. I remember you were saying that there was, there was like a lot of other recruits that had had experience with, with Larry Nassar too. So you are probably able, I would assume, um, able to help athletes who have had abuse situations because you can empathize, because you can sympathize, because you understand what their mind's probably thinking about and how they're probably beating themselves up. And yet your facts never change. So you've gone from being in this victim state, the self-pity, woe is me, because it served you, because it protected you in a lot of ways to now let me help other people realize that they also can feel empowered and move forward and do something huge with their lives that this doesn't keep them stuck in any way. So I totally remember that when I was recruiting region five, I didn't like know it as a fact. It was more like if they were in region five, I was like, what if, and I turned it into this big, what if story of like, if they know, they know me and then I know them. And it, it was crazy. I made up all sorts of different fun things about how that could play out. So in a way, in a negative way or in a positive way, as far as recruiting in a negative way, originally, like I, it was like a fear of recruiting people from region five, because I was afraid that they went through something similar to me. And 
It was like, if I can't handle it, they can't handle it. And if they know I'm in region five, they probably think the same thing about me. And then it turns into like, you just create so many stories. I have no idea what those people are actually thinking. I have no idea what they actually went through. It was just me creating this like, oh my gosh, they might've actually gone through that. And it was just more significant with region five because I know he was at all of the meets, a lot of the meets for that. But who am I to, it was so funny. I would only apply it to the region five girls. If it was a different region, I was like, oh, I'm sure that it's fine. Well, fine. Yeah. They have no problems in their lives. They're so lucky. They're so, their life is perfect. Right. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was something. <laughs> they're in region four, which means that they're just fine. Yeah. Yeah. No problems. Well, here's the cool thing is Allie, you get to continue to experience the peace that comes from neutral and the joy that comes from opening up to brand new ideas. Now, when we say like, hey, go to this unicorn story, go to this fairy tale land story, doesn't mean that you're gonna believe it right off, but just allowing your mind to think of something that if I wanted a best case scenario outcome, what would I even think that would look like? Just letting your brain go there is healing in itself. Because a lot of times we don't even wanna think about what would be a good case scenario. What would I even think was good about any of this? But you can't get there until you get to neutral. So that's, I think one of the, big takeaways that Allie was able to experience for herself from what I'm hearing. And that's what I saw on my end. So yeah. is there anything else that you want to share as far as this is an example, you guys, of from our, from our podcast last week, we wanted you to have um, a real experience of how that one tool is something that can impact you in a huge, huge way. And it helps me in so many daily. I don't know, Ali, if you noticed that for you, but I use it every day. That's probably the number one tool that I use for myself is what is actually going on here. And what do I, what am I making this mean about me and my self-esteem and my self-worth and my ability to move on and the way other people think about me? What do I think they think about me because of what I'm making these facts mean about me? Like you said, region five looks at you like, oh, poor Ali, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought at least. Yeah. Um, I think that, I mean, that's very true. Like in everything, we brought a pretty big story, I feel like to you guys to express this, but it doesn't really matter what the story is. All it matters is what you're telling yourself about it. So if you are connecting with this and when maybe it's just about doing a flight series on the beam and how you used to be able to do it and then you had a crash and then your thoughts changed. And then, you know what I mean? Like this can literally apply to anything. You don't have to be somebody who was a part of abuse or who was a part of something like big. It can help with big. It can help with little. It's just the concept that's important. And so um, I think that's just, if you're connecting on any level with this, I highly suggest at least following our social media, get connected, join us because it it doesn't have to be abuse. It, it does not have to be something that big. And if it is something that big, then it applies to that as well. So yes, it's everything. It can be daily life. It can be big stories from your past, anything where um, you need help separating what those facts are and what your story is. Um, come get the help because it is so relieving. You feel like you have so much more power over your life and you have so much power over what you do next and how what you want to do with your life. So yeah. Thanks, Amy. I appreciate this is why I'm here. Literally, I was like, I want to do what Amy did for me. <laughs> and now so, she's doing this for so many kids, just so many athletes, so many people. And I'm so grateful to Allie that she's so open and willing to be vulnerable and express what's going on inside of her and her story. So it's we you guys, we really we want you to know 
we want you to understand, and you must understand as athletes, that we get this for you. We understand this piece of what do I do? I don't know how to make myself move forward, even though I'm an athlete. I can do this and, and hitting ourselves in the face, being like, don't worry about these things, go forward. I can do a flight series, like Ali said. I can do this next thing. I can perform so I can get that scholarship. And when it doesn't happen the way you want it to happen, it doesn't mean anything's gone wrong. When something happens in a way that you wish it hadn't happened, it doesn't mean that anything's gone wrong. And the more you can use, like Ali said, the social media, the tools, the more we've been there, we've been at the high level, we understand what it feels like to feel like um, nobody understands, nobody gets us, but that's not true. You must understand as high level athletes ourselves, we understand, we get it. And maybe not the exact same facts, but we feel the same things. We understand the emotional roller coaster. We understand the highs and the lows. And the more you can separate when you're feeling out of control, the more you can separate what's actually going on. Like Ali said, that was one of the first pieces. She felt a little more in control. So we want you to know that you understand this because you are athletes and we know you get this. Now apply the tool to your life. Allie, anything else? Honestly, my last thing is catch yourself when you're telling yourself it's not really that big of a deal or it shouldn't be that big of a deal. I think that's one of the main things that seems so innocent where you're like trying to talk yourself into this like, this really shouldn't be a big deal or isn't a big deal or why am I like other people have it so much worse and we're trying to like put ourselves in a place of feeling better about it, but really just putting ourselves down and that, that adds up. So catch yourself in those moments and, um, know that it, it, it's a big deal depending on what you're saying to yourself. Anything can be a big deal. (laughs) And we, we have so much emotional, just gratitude as, and, and sympathy for all of you guys who are struggling, who are feeling a lot of internal pain that you haven't expressed. As perfectionists, I want to put that in quotes, as people who desire to get 10 O's all the time, as people, even in our life today, outside of the gym, we want to perform at a certain level. We understand these things and we want you guys to know that if you're struggling, please, please let us help in any way. We are so um, grateful that you would listen and that you would hopefully hear something that Ali shared today that would resonate with you. And if it did, like Ali said, jump on, find some things that will help. Ask us questions. We're here for you. You guys, we hope you have an amazing week um, and check out athletesmindsetacademy.com. If you want to get some more free resources there, we have a lot there. And just know that if your coaches, parents of athletes, athletes, we want to help you have a happy and healthy experience in sports. And you guys have an amazing week and we'll chat with you again next week. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. We believe that you've got this, but we would love to help you in your athletic journey. We know you need to get maximum results in the shortest time possible. So we've created a program with short, effective lessons and coaching that you can fit between practice and the rest of life. We coach parents, coaches, and athletes in the mental and emotional health tools they need to create an environment for athletes to thrive. Invest in the one thing that will have the greatest impact on your success, your mind. Check us out at athletesmindsetacademy.com. Let's do this.